Alright, good morning. Welcome here to Breakthrough City Church. Welcome to those that are online and listening afterwards. Uh, I was just saying to the congregation, um, we actually started a bit later now, and I said it's sometimes you just want to continue in the time of worship and just in the presence of the Lord. So um, we're just busy enjoying His presence still. And uh, may those listening, may the spirit of revelation just touch your hearts this morning. May the spirit of truth touch you, that as this word gets shared, that something opens up. Um, and that I trust that I will not speak above your heads, but what the Lord wants to sow this morning, that your hearts will be the good soil to receive in your hearts this morning. So um, I trust that that lands well, this word this morning. Um, as we know that we've stepped into, um, and I don't always go there, but this is also the Jewish New Year that we stepped into, and that is Rosh Hashanah. That was uh, on Friday that it started, um, but... The reason why I mention that is because um, sometimes there's a lot of things also connected to the season of Israel. Um, and like I said, I don't run after those things, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will highlight something of it. But regarding this year, um, or this new year in that context, uh, sometimes a lot of people saying that there's maybe a transition taking place. I don't really believe transition, but I believe change. So uh, I don't just necessarily believe that we transition into something as the body of Christ, but there is change that is coming in, coming and busy happening. And I want to try to get through a word here this morning. Um, I'm going to just read to you in that, if you can just bear with me, in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. There's some of these verses that um, we'll just maybe touch on, but let me just read this through. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 12. 3 to 12, it says, Blessed be the God of and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, heavenly places, in Christ. Important. Okay, every in the heavenly places in Christ. Okay, and it says, just as He chose us in in, uh, in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestined us to, uh, as, uh, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory, his uh, grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. In him. in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who walk, works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. Alright, so there's a lot in there. You can just go look for some more. I'll touch on one or two things. 
So we can have a look at this thing, uh, Colossians 1, Colossians, sorry, chapter 3, from verse 1, Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears then, you also will appear with him in glory. Alright, so there's a number of scriptures here that I read, and I'll read some more uh, shortly, and that you can anyway just get a place close to the book of Hebrews. I'll get there now shortly. But this morning, I want to just touch on this. So... Um, it's not just transform, uh, 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 a season of, of transformation taking place. Um, I believe, I'm going to speak of just two facets, so you need to understand in the context I'm going to speak about. I'm speaking about the church, the body of Christ, the church, and I'm speaking to you as individuals. Okay, that you just get the context of how I'm going to speak this morning. But God is, um, I've been sharing a lot about the, a renewed mind, and is it, you know, when we are renewed in our mind, we be renewed in how and what we do. If our beliefs change, our actions change. And I shared quite a bit about that, about the renewed mind, and we spoke about this. And, and I now I'll repeat one or two things that we spoke about: IQ, intellectual uh, quotient. So that's uh, intellectual uh, intelligence quotient. We spoke about emotional intelligence. We spoke about uh, adversity um, intelligence. We spoke about social intelligence. And we, we so listen to the previous messages if you never heard it. But it's important that we understand these different facets of how God how we use this grey matter, these grey cells. Some of us use them, but you know. So, but how we're all made up, and we have different facets and strengths, even in our IQ. Then we spoke about spiritual intelligence, which is pretty much how um, that it, God wants us to um, renew our mind. So we are renewing our mind with the thoughts of, of God, but we we don't just have a renewed mind; we actually have access to the mind of Christ. So it's not just a renewed mind like uh, pray for your, for people who sin against or do things against you or be kind to people. That's the mind of, and thinking like Christ. But when we have the, the access to the thoughts and the mind of Christ, we actually know more what to do. We get these downloads. So that's spiritual intelligence. And uh, you can find that in 1 Corinthians 2 as well, verse 9. You can look at, um, just go through the scriptures. The thing is this. Um, this morning where I really believe there's a, a not just transform, uh, a season of transformation, but metamorphosis. And you know what happens with a butterfly. Before a butterfly is there, we know that it is a pupa. So when I speak about, you know, a, 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 a butterfly doesn't just, or from a pupa doesn't just, it's not just a transitioning. There's actually a word used here, and it's called metamorphosis. It's a Greek word, metamorphosis. It actually means change. So we know that uh, a larva, which we know is a little worm, caterpillar, and then, you know, and it, it, it becomes a larva, and then we see the whole change takes place, and we see this butterfly.
butterfly. Now the thing is this, the goal is actually to be to emerge as, as Christians as well. This is the thing that happens as change. The goal is to emerge and to actually be like butterflies, meaning that um, we are actually attached to the heavens and thinking future present. Okay, this is key. Just remember, if a butterfly develops, and I, not, I was just probably the only person who did that, jokes. I know you did. With the silkworm, you broke open the cocoon. I know you did. And you tested, and those moths weren't properly developed. The thing about that, if, if it's not properly developed, the blood doesn't go into the wings. And they can be a butterfly, but they cannot fly. But God wants us to touch the heavens. He wants us to go through change, not just through transformation, but change. He wants us to change. All right. So many people, um, what they do is uh, is that uh, there's 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 many structures uh, regarding the church, but also our personal lives that are present, past thinking. Okay, but not present future thinking. So even a lot of us Christians, we live present past instead of living present future. Okay, you still with me? So we're not just going through a transformation, but we're going through a, a transitioning, we're going through a metamorphosis. Now, um, that what worked for a, uh, a caterpillar is not going to work for a butterfly. The relevance. There's, there's a difference in that. Okay, We need to understand that about change. And um, the thing is, is, is that when we build structures, so also in the church, when we build things uh, with structures and strategies, um, it is attached to the earth instead of attached to the heavens. So there's things sometimes we do that we're building and, and it's just this level but God wants us to take hold of things that are available for us now that has a lot to do with a new way of thinking it's, it has a lot to do with the mind of Christ because as Christians you can be born again but God wants us to have access to his thoughts because I've said this before the people in the previous centuries um, the most people that came with the greatest inventions were Christians we have to have answers. God wants to give them to us as the church. So you understand what I'm saying. There's a place in God that he wants us in the heavens to, to have access to him. And we'll get to that in a minute. So, um, you know, the thing is, we know the scripture about that I just read to you as well in Ephesians 1.20 as well as Ephesians 2.6, which also speaks about we are seated where? In Christ, in heavenly places. That's what the word says. But, but so this is why I'm, I'm praying for revelation for us this morning. That for a lot of us, we don't experience it. It's, it says it, but we don't. What does it mean? Seated in Christ, in heavenly places. That's what the word says. We are seated in Christ. We seated. Jesus sits the right hand of the Father. That means what we seated in Christ, the right hand of the Father. How does it work? How does it pl apply to us? So in 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know the scripture. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Now that word new creation is the word in Greek which we know as prototype. It's a new creation. It's a prototype. Okay? It means that it's never before been created. You are a prototype. You're born again. You are a prototype. It hasn't, you, you haven't been there before in that sense that you are a new creation. Okay, so we live in, basically, um, what is actually saying we live in two dimensions. This is what Jesus is actually saying. This is what Paul, even writing in the, uh, uh, that he's busy writing that we read about. We live in two dimensions. We live on earth, but also in heaven. That's what the word says. So there must be some practicality of how do we access this? And this is what I've been preaching on about, about getting divine downloads in that. There's, there's a place in heaven. We actually, yeah, but we have a place in Christ. Okay. So that reality, I believe God wants us to have more. We, on, we, we have these two dimensions on earth and in heaven. So the Lord is taking us basically from this caterpillar mentality on earth to this butterfly mentality. Because many, many Christians and many of us, we, we battle with just this. It's about me, my world, and it's, it's, it's just this facet here. And yet God wants to give us and speak to us. That's his will. That's his desire. I mean, he's not going to just tease us. Alright, so we are connected basically to both places, earth and heaven. That's what the word says. Because we're seated in Christ. Um, so we have to be, you know, you know, I remember my mom used to say this, my boy, you know, but you know, you, it does not be so, you know, heavenly minded that you know earthly good. You've heard that one? But I do want to say this. Mom, <laughs> we'll have a chat one day again. But um, I do want to say, we have to be so heavenly minded that we finally are earthly good. Because the world needs answers. Governments, education, business, um, whatever, media, uh, they don't have the answers. The church does. I'm telling you, the church does. Because the word I'm just giving to you, the blueprint of we have access. Revelations 4 says this. Jesus said, Come up here. He says to John, come up here. Come up here. So John said, I was in the spirit on the, on the Lord's day. Okay, so our heavenly seat, our heavenly seat in Christ, okay, gives us eternal perspectives. Our heavenly seat in Christ gives us eternal perspectives. And, and guys, this is some of the things we're going to work out. Like, you know, this must you work out. I, I know God's given me downloads. I know God's given me thoughts. He's given me dreams. I actually had a dream this morning. Um, and uh, I was just reminded now. Thank you, Lord. But um, I actually had a dream again about what also part of the call on this, this house. And I was taken to a nation where I've been before. And I actually saw most of you people with me there. And I saw this again, that God has not just called us for the city, but for nations. Just that's extra. Just I was reminded this morning in this dream. So this is these downloads that God is giving. Okay, so there's eternal perspective God wants to give us, so that we see 
not as they are, but how they or you are should be. This is the thing. How does God see Bloemfontein, the city we're in? Well, you know, the municipality. No, no, no. How does God see? Because when we live present, future, we see something. We see the end from the beginning. And a lot of us, and this is the thing with, the, uh, I spoke earlier this year about how a lot of eschatology or end time teaching has, has to do with doom and gloom. And that the world's going to end and whatever. And there's so many movies made about it and a lot of theology based on it. But it's not what the word says. And we've got to live with hope because the end is better. <laughs> because God knows the end from the beginning. And if our youth and our young people and that, we start to start having plans for hundreds of years. I'm telling you. I don't know about your plans, but I've got plans. And it's not for 5 or 10 or 20 years. We work in that from 100 years. But when you start to think from eternity, you start to see from eternity. You see this, this perspective. And you start to realize your life is not yours. It belongs to Him. And the timeline that we have here to get maximum impact on planet Earth. So the Lord wants us to live heaven to earth and future presently. Corinthians 5 17 I said to you we're a new creation you're born again you're a new creation most of us can quote this verse <laughs> but do you know what verse 16 says you can look it up 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 says from from now on we regard no one according to the flesh that's verse 16 so from now on we regard no one according to the flesh verse 17 says and now you're a new creation What does it mean? You see, God wants us to know each other in the future present and along in the past present. When we look at one another, we can say, oh, you know, you know, Will, that Will, you know, he did this and he did, you know. God doesn't look at us like that. He looks at us from the future presently. When we look at one another, we say, yeah, you know that David. Hmm. Because 2 Corinthians says here yeah, that we, know, we are to know, regard no one according to the flesh. And then it says we are a new creation. No one according to the spirit. So, Jesus, do you know that the Bible says that Jesus could do no miracles in his town because they knew him, his past and his presence, present. Oh, I know you. I know what you're like. Charles, I know you. You did this and this and this and this. But he couldn't do miracles because they knew his past and his present. They didn't know the future and his present. And that's how we many times work with people. So, I want to say this as well. You know that people many times spend years in counseling because the culture wants them to know them in their past present condition and not their future present condition. So to see me right, and we love them and we thank God for them, even in psychology, analyze and shows you where you're at. Things happen, handles the present, 
But when we live from future present, we know who we are. Because our identity is laid up in that, not in my past. Because the word says we're a new creation. We're a prototype. Um, one of our fellow South Africans went to Pretoria Boys High, a little bit after my brothers, because um, I asked my brother, the one that's still alive, did he know him? He said, no, 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 he was a bit earlier. But uh, Elon Musk, um, you'll know him, the richest man on planet Earth presently, um, he was asked, why do you want to go to Mars? Not the Mars bar, chocolate, no, not that. Why do you want to go to Mars? And not your mother either. Mars, M-A, <laughs> the planet Mars, okay? Um, so basically what he said, he said, he said this. He says, I want to go to Mars because when I go to Mars, I actually want to plant seeds, a seed bed of seeds that can plant, that can grow. And then he says, I actually want to go and I want to take like a picture, a selfie or have a picture taken of me. Um, the reason being is because then people will know that anything is now possible. Anything is possible. This is what he said. So, you know, in church, basically, we've held on to things that we regarded as this is sacred and this is holy. And, and um, you know, a lot of these things sometimes, even in the church or in our Christian life, actually holds us back. It actually holds us back from the purpose of God. So what would it be like to live future present? And what, could, uh, what would we need to get rid of or to shed off that which we have held on to? And that's why I say we're not just in a transition, we're in change. So it's very interesting that, we, that this Sunday is, I mean, I planned it before Yom Kippur, by the way. No, just... I actually forgot about that. It's Friday. It was past. It was Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah, sorry. Uh, Jewish New Year. But um, that there is really change coming. And change coming to the body and change coming to individuals. That we can't, can't hold on to things here. Yeah. In the past. Um, in Hebrews, uh, or let, let me just say this, that um, there are certain things that got us here as a church, but also as an individual Christian. There are certain, certain things that have got us here so far. But there's also things that sometimes hold us down also. It's like, yeah, but you know, we just hold on to this and this is... No, no, no. Because God is transforming us from glory to glory, right? The body needs to be transformed then as well, if we are being transformed. You agree with me? So, um, there's, there's, it's like, who's, you've seen like this shuttle Columbia, let's use those, or spaceships or rockets. When they go up, they take off and that, and have you seen the boosters at a certain stage fall off? They come off. There's certain things, as we go higher, need to be left behind. All of us. And that's why some of us, we're still holding on to things, that's why we live in present past instead of the present future and for us to move forward we need change people don't like change that's why they go to many times a local church that has a certain way of things times if this that but we'll gain from glory to glory because we desire more there's a scripture in Acts 18.26 you can have a look at Acts 18.26 it speaks about Apollos 
uh, as well as Apollos was such a proficient and wealth he, he spoke he would speak so well and share about the baptism of John John the Baptist so he would share about that and then these two disciples came Aquila and Priscilla and they came to Apollos and what they did is they upgraded Apollos they took him one side because they saw he loved the Lord and that and they upgraded him about and they spoke to him about the baptism of Jesus Christ not just the old baptism of baptism of John that he preached. So this is this upgrading taking place right now. Okay, Hebrews five. You can just have a look there. Hebrews five. You know this passage, and uh, just remember the, 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 these letters and that weren't written in chapters previously. Chapters were added in when they put the canon together. So Hebrews five eleven to fourteen says this. Hebrews 5, 11-14 Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but solid food belongs to those who of of full age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil the the milk of the word i don't want to go too much into that has to do with how it, uh, you know okay, some milk Meaning, it has to do with just comforting word. Comfort, comfort, comfort. But sometimes churches, this comforting still 20 years, 30 years later. Yeah. There's a place for that. But what Paul is saying, he's saying, listen, we've we got to move further. Yeah. Uh, we, yes, solid food that is coming because God wants to see a mature bride. Yeah. And so chapter 6, remember it actually continues here. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, Therefore leaving... The discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to the perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now, here he goes and he says he has these six elementary teachings of Christ, like, you know, raising the dead, eternal judgment. And he's saying we need to move on from this. Because all we've been doing is running around these same things. Alright, so the context is you're drinking milk and you should be eating meat. So it's, 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 you know, it's great to have these elementary teachings. Um, but we need to build on these foundations. We need to build things on them. On this, these foundations. And that's as a, the church we need to mature. All right. So uh, when we build on more than milk, we actually start to impact the world. Yeah. If it is the message I tell you on every Sunday, and I say there is a time for this, please understand. But if every Sunday I have to tell you, you know, Jesus just loves you and he wants to comfort you. Jesus loves you and he wants to comfort you. And you're special. You're special. God wants to bless you. Are you happy? Imagine every Sunday for 5, 10, 20 years, that's the same message. You can never build 
something more. That we actually start to see heaven come into our workplace, wherever around us, because we actually have to be comforted the whole time. And we all need some stage in life to be comforted. I mean, uh, honestly, encouraged, for sure. Just hear me right. But what Paul's saying, we need to, there's more. There's more. There's more for us. You can't settle just for the milk. There's steaks. And for the vegans, there's... <laughs> there's <laughs> pumpkins. <laughs> I'm going to get a hiding. Um, Alright, so... When we build on more than milk, we start to impact the world. So we need not only to preach, listen to me, just don't get upset online, don't get upset yet. We can't, because I hear this is almost like a saying put out there, I've seen it, many people say this, but we cannot just or only preach the cross. Guys, please, do you know that the cross, there's no one on the cross anymore? Some people have, you know, crucifix with Jesus. He's not on the cross. He's off. And he's off. And that means, guess what? He was raised from the dead. For a lot of Christians, we live at the cross. But God wants us to move on. Just hear me right. We honor, I mean, the cross. But we can't make a cross an idol. We've got to move to the throne. Because the word says we are seated in Christ, in heavenly places. Do you understand? Sometimes we, 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 we live at that place of crucifixion instead of a place as a son and daughter of God at the throne. And God wants us to step even into that. So Jesus does not just want to save me, but he wants to transform the world. So we've got to change the structure of what got, uh, uh, what got us here, but is not what will keep us going. So there's certain things that, that even in the church, but also individually, that got us here, but now we've got to change. All right. So um, guess what? Who knows the world's changed? Isn't that so? Um, and the church is supposed to be leading the world, not following the world. Do you realize that as well? Hello? Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. All these kingdoms will become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why I said, we've got to get our theology right. This place, earth, has to look like heaven. Jesus is coming for the a victorious church. There is a second coming. But I want to tell you, earth has to start looking like heaven because that was the prayer of Jesus, the Son of God. And all his prayers get answered. So the world has changed, but we're not to follow the world. The word says this in Isaiah, arise, shine. It doesn't say arise and reflect. It says arise, shine. It doesn't say arise and reflect. It's, it's like people, I mean, guys, we hear a lot of crazy things nowadays, but people will say homosexuality is progressive. You know, we're going to change this, it's going to be allowed, and this... Do you know homosexuality is in the Old Testament? Yeah. How can it be progressive? Nothing new. <laughs> so, God has called us to think heaven to earth and future present. Okay? Future present. So, in your personal life, 
things that got you here. The, the fact that you're even here today. In your personal life, whether it's trauma, whether it's things, maybe certain decisions that you've made. Maybe you've gone through divorce. Maybe you've lost loved ones. Maybe you've got... But there's things that have got you here. But you've got to move on from that. You've got to move on. Um, you, you, we must not live in the future. Listen to me. We must not live in the future, but we need to live f- uh, from the future. You hear what I said? We mustn't live in the future, but we have to live from the future. Because just living in the future and not being relevant yet doesn't mean anything either. That's what I'm saying. We have to be so heavily minded that we actually have an effect on this earth. Right. So, don't wait for things to happen. Make them happen. Because God already said, just go. Go. Change the world. Right. So, structures... um, Remember, structures must facilitate destiny, whether it's the church or you individually. Structures, like I said, you build a building, you put scaffolding, you build, but you don't leave the scaffolding up. They say you build a New Testament church. Some people build denominationally, they leave the structures there. So it's run from one place. It's not a New Testament way of doing it. So structures must facilitate destiny. Remember when they built, built the first car, the Model T Ford in 1908, they built the Model T Ford, and what they did is they made it uh, possible for the average person to actually afford a Model T Ford car. That's, they made it, everyone can get it. You know, it, it was affordable. And um, what they did is when they started to advertise the, 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 the car, they actually their adverts were spoke about this has so many horsepower. But it was a, you know it was a car, it wasn't a horse. This is so many horsepower. Why did they say that? Because they were actually coming out the horse age. It was a structure to move people out. And what happened, the manufacturers were basically saying, you know, how do we get people to move from thinking of horses uh, and, 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 you know, and, and so they used horsepower. So even cars would be recorded as 16 horsepower because they had to get people to change. And um, the challenges, remember the challenges they would have had. It's like similar to electric cars in South Africa. But the challenges they had was what? Well, we're going to stop at what? There was no filling station. There was no, there was, there was uh, uh, stables, horse stables. There weren't filling stations. There was, uh, black, you know, there was horse smiths. There weren't mechanics. So they had to bring about this whole change. The structure was actually originally built for the horses. So the point is, God is actually wanting to move us from this caterpillar mentality or thinking to butterfly thinking. All right? But many people might go back to the old way of thinking because of the old structures. So many times when people look even for a, a church, you know, they look for old structures instead of blueprints. Because old structures give comfort. But the New Testament church gives challenges. Because you have to change. So familiarity can keep us in our past. That's why we need progressive thinking. 
to move us into what God has for us. All right. So we cannot be a church that uh, all we teach in is what we that actually upset the world. You know, we upset with this, and therefore we teach that. And you know, you're doing that, therefore we've got to teach. No, no, we're not te- teaching about what upset everyone. We're not just there. We've got to go to think progressively. Um, I'm going to just give you just with time wise as well. Um, I'm going to give you some points. I'm going to just read these some points so you can write them down. But I want you to, to, it's basically, firstly, the result of us seated in Christ. What's the result? What does it practically mean? Okay, this is some practicality. How do I know if I'm living from earth or from heaven? I'm glad you asked me. How do I know uh, uh, that I'm living from earth or from heaven? This is practical stuff. So, yes, seven symptoms if I'm living from earth towards heaven. Alright? Not heaven towards earth. This is from earth to heaven. So this is symptoms. If I live from earth towards heaven in my thinking and what I have access to in God, you worry a lot. First one. Second one. You feel like a powerless victim and you feel like you know there's a big devil and a little God that's how if you live from earth to heaven in your thinking the third point you don't think you have anything to contribute to the world to make it a better place the fourth one you're convinced that every year the world is getting worse. If you're living from earth to heaven thinking, this is how you're going to think. You know, it's like I'm nervous. You see what's happening in the world? You see how the weather was in the Cape now this weekend? Did you see the earthquakes in Morocco? Did you see this happen there? Well, it's been happening. It's been happening for thousands of years. We just have media now. And we know behind that is fear-based stuff. So, alright, you're convinced that every year the world is getting worse. Okay, the first one, all your prayers are in reaction to a bad circumstance. If your prayers are in reaction to every bad circumstance, you're living from earth to heaven. The sixth one, you have no vision for the future. Oh, no, I've got to get these things here. Yeah, I've got to get this, secure this, do this. You know, the financial things, this and this. I told you, financial systems will fail in the world. But money will not. There will be still wealth. will be around. It will be there. Systems will fall. We shared that earlier this year. Point seven. You struggle with low self-esteem and a poverty mentality. If you live from earth to heaven thinking, you live with low self-esteem and a poverty mentality. The good news is the next seven points. These are symptoms that you're living from heaven towards earth. Remember, we are seated in Christ. So there's accessibility we have. We need to renew our mind with truth. The first point under this, if I'm living from heaven toward earth in my thinking, you believe God can do the impossible. And you think like he does. Because the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. You and I have access to. The thing is, 
how much do we actually practice this and attempt this? And Lord, I, I need just this divine intervention. I don't know where I've studied maybe university this or school this, but I need heavenly input now. The good news is this. I'm trying to show with you there's access we have. This is the invitation this morning I'm giving to you. The second point under living thinking from heaven to earth. You live with a hundred year vision and plan to leave a legacy to your children. Woohoo! That's why we're busy with our property at the moment where we want to do this. Whatever we're doing there must must come on. Outlast all of us. And our children's children. Do you understand? That's 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 how I'm thinking. That's how I'm thinking. You live with a hundred year vision and a plan to leave a legacy to your children. I mean, guys, you'll you'll be shocked in that. And Ryan has been working on something for me. I've already got just a front thing of it. I'm telling you, look at it. You're going to laugh or you're going to run. Or you're going to say, yes. Just physically of something looking like that. And I thought, why not? You know, I speak to people. I'm going off track here. Let me just quickly do this. I, I speak to people, I speak to family, I speak to developers or whatever, and they pretty much tell me this. They say, um, whatever you build and develop, you build with the most, the, the most, the cost-efficient way and the cheapest materials you can get. And inside me, there's something fighting because it's like this thing of, you know, it's like if you, for instance, give an example, a stupid example, um, yeah, in South Africa or in, in our region, we don't necessarily have marble quarries. Marble. You know, marble, stone. And like there in Greece, a lot of this building stuff, they use marble and they build with it because that was, they could use it. Yeah, we don't necessarily have it, but you know, what if we could? What if we could build with gold? Do you know what Solomon's palaces and houses looked like? That it was so overwhelming that the Queen of Sheba was impacted just by what the waiters and the people would wait, would dress. What would dress, their clothing, impacted her so much. I mean, crazy. And yet God says, yeah, I want to do, I want to show you something. I want to show you something in the future. And please, I'm not speaking up materialism. This is no example, is what I'm saying. So even structures. It's like, we only work with, this is our budget. I mean, I mean, told. I mean, by 99% people say, let's, you know, I'm going to do this. I guarantee you, someone told Elon Musk, you absolutely off your head. You want to go to Mars. The church needs to be progressive thinking and we need to think ahead and say, God, this seems ridiculous. But why not? All right. Uh, we were point three. Point three. Okay, thinking from heaven to earth. Point three. The world's troubles only serve to challenge you to think big and bring God's ideas to the table. Woo! Guys, I hope this is challenging because it's like, man, I can't live in this box. I know, I was not created to live in a box. My wife's showing me signs. I say, repeat. Okay, I'm repeating. Um, The world's troubles only serve to challenge you to think big and bring God's ideas to the table. 
I told you, United Nations doesn't have answers. Lesotho is still one of the poorest countries. For those churches in Lesotho, you guys must bring transformation there. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, United Nations, they pump money, pump money, pump money, pump money. All these peacekeeping, they pump money, 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 money. My brother used to be involved in this stuff, just sidetrack here. With a lot of things that happening in the battle in uh, Libya with Gaddafi, involved in uh, different things in uh, other parts of Africa and other places. And he said to me, he said, Charles, you know what? I would, I would be... Um, in these countries and these peacekeeping forces, all these United Nations people are there. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm trusting God for godly people in the United Nations. Amen. So, but to see transformation come. But what, what he said is that they will maybe work for two days in the week. Because they get big money. And the rest of the time they just stay in their hotel or the resort, just by the way. <laughs> so don't be fooled by the media. All right. Let me carry on before I get in trouble. So, the fourth one. You view your, your view, sorry, you view uh, devil encounters as a compliment to the fact that you're doing something worth resisting. And you see these encounters as opportunities to win. So when the devil comes to you and you, ah, this breaks, the car breaks again. Oh my goodness, the geezer goes again. Oh my goodness, the work thing in this. Ah, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. That's what you see. These encounters where the devil comes to say, ooh, look how big I am. You have the answers. You see this as an opportunity. All right, opportunities to win. When you think from heaven to earth, you know you are a son or a daughter of the king. Therefore, you carry yourself in this royal way, this royal way that you're royalty, man. You're royalty. That's what the word says. The sixth one, the commission to disciple nations positively is going to affect your prayer life as you shape history on your knees. So, it's like you see things happening. I, I, I try and do this. I, I, I look at a lot what's happening in the nations constantly, every single day. Because I want to know, this is my earth. It belongs to... I, I, I'm a co-heir. Hello? We are co-heirs. I don't know if you realize that. Therefore, all those nations, besides this nation, belongs to our Lord. We are co-heirs. Start taking interest. Guys, you've got to think. You've got to think with a bigger, new way of thinking. Don't get spooled in because sometimes we don't always happen in what's happening in the ground because the media gives you sometimes a perspective. And I can give you opinions as well what's happening from Russia and Ukraine side and from both sides which is bad and which is good. Yeah. From both sides. Because there's three sides to a story. Yeah. It's yours, mine, and then there's the truth. Yeah. So let's not get stuck in that politics. But you understand, we need to take note what's happening on earth. There's a disaster. How can we help in Morocco? Okay, these are things where, even, even future-wise, we want to have funds. We want to have for disaster uh, funds. We want to have people here that can, we, we can send to go help. That's where our heart is. We need to be the answer. The solution. All right. The seventh, oh, repeat, I just see these signs pointing at me. The sixth one is, the commission to disciple nations positively affects your prayer life as you shape history on your knees. The seventh one, 
You look for God's perspective on your current events. And I touched on this. And you refuse to let the media or a political or religious spirit shape your mindset or cloud your world view. Showing me signs here. Stop showing me signs. You look for God's, I repeat, you look for God's perspective on the current events and you refuse to let the media or politics or the religious spirit shape your mindset or cloud your world view. God said to Isaac, so. But it was drought. Doesn't make sense. Who's going to be sowing now? Who's going to sow in a crop now? Who's going to sow seed? God says, this is the time to sow. You understand? It doesn't make sense sometimes. But we need those downloads from heaven. Okay. And then I just want to end off. Um, firstly, that you and I need to understand, God has made a place for you and me on the throne. In Christ we are seated. We have a place there. We have a place there. Uh, And the implication of living from heaven to earth is that actually the church advances. And this is what I want to say to you personally in your personal life. If you want to grow and advance in your walk with God, because we live for eternity. Whether you're saved or not, we live for eternity. You realize that. We're all spirit beings. We have an earth suit on. This, this goes back to dust. But we live for eternity. But you know, how can I affect eternity now? We need to think like that. If God's called you in this career or vocation or whatever you're doing, how do I impact eternity? Because we live for eternity. And how do we... I told you, the church buildings, the buildings, centuries ago, took two, three hundred years to build a church, a church building. But us today, we put the cheapest little structure to say, right, we are the church. Okay, please, hear me right, we are the church. But what I'm saying is that we, we've got to think more than just, for, than just today. There's so much more. Because we, we are, we, and you know, this morning, I think it was this morning, or I can't remember, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, what footprints are you leaving before you go, before you graduate? What footprints are you leaving for your children? What footprints are you leaving for your children's children? My prayer, and what I pray, is even for my children's children's children. That's what I'm praying for already. What are you praying for? Well, as long as I have it all, I can exit. You know, Hezekiah did the same thing. King Hezekiah. God says, your life's going to end. And he says, you know, as long as I can be healthy and I can, this can no, there's no troubles around me, then it's fine. Extend my life. Because it just became about him. How's your life? How's your children's children? Can you see that? 
If you can't see that, then you've been corrupted by sometimes a theology that says Jesus is just coming tomorrow. If he comes tomorrow, then you're ready. If he comes in a few hundred years, then your children's 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 are ready. But we need to think like this. We need to plan like this. We need to strategize like this. How are we going to take the world? How are we going to take our cities? How are we going to take our towns? That you will see heaven, this place look like heaven. Because that is what Jesus said must happen before he returns. Not doomsday theologies. He's coming for a glorious bride. He's coming for a place that, that even environment, that all creation is longing for the sons of God to be revealed because this place must look like that place because we are the ones that are supposed to restore. The church, the body of Christ. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to pray just again just for the spirit of revelation to fall on us in this message that it will not be information that doesn't hit our hearts but that hearts will also be prepared with the seed that was sown this morning and that hearts will be open to receive the seed and to conceive the seed that it will take forth and come forth that your word will become life in us that it will become flesh in us that something will happen, us, happen in us to realize that we have access to heaven and that we need to be renewed and that we have the thoughts of God as we access the mind of Christ and Lord I want to pray for those also listening to this message today and afterwards that somehow that you would stir in their hearts to realize that we've been called to rule and reign with you and that, that we're going to make a difference that we live a presently future and that we'll not live in the past present I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ Amen Amen